Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking with Audrey Fondakov, one of the editors of Too Much, the Japanese magazine of romantic geography. As she explains, romantic geography is their formulation that mixes architecture and art to give this lovely poetic appreciation of the spaces that we inhabit. Audrey was one of the speakers we invited over to the Edge Conference in Munich last weekend and I was catching up with her sitting on the terrace outside our hotel on the day after she gave her presentation. I think it's really interesting that this magazine about physical spaces and our understanding of them needs to be itself a physical object. As you'll hear, Audrey and the team feel that too much just wouldn't work as something that lives on the internet and instead it needs to be a real tangible thing that you can burn or sell or rip it to shreds. And it's also important that these very conceptual stories need to intrigue and entertain readers in their own right. As she says, design cannot make a boring magazine interesting. I've admired too much from afar for a long time now, so it was lovely to meet up with her. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Audrey Fondakov. Audrey, thank you very much for coming out and speaking. Good morning. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Good morning. So we're here uh, in Munich. You gave a lovely talk yesterday uh, all about too much, about this magazine, which is about cities, but which is about lots of other stuff besides. Yeah. So um, maybe you could kind of reprise that a little bit and tell us what exactly is too much. Okay, so too much is also called too much magazine of romantic geography. Uh, basically, we talk about architecture art cities um, in a tone that's usually very human and uh, poetic rather than a technical or cold I would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that bring like the what, what what does that give you that you wouldn't get otherwise well we don't have only professionals but we also have uh, texts and writings by all kind of people and sometimes it's more personal, like the Romantic Geographic Archive. It's really personal, personal uh, text by people on one place. Um, and what else? Yeah, and for the readers too. We have different readers, not just architects and designers, but uh, people who are interested in the evolution of cities and as relationship to them. So you've got this mix of artists and, uh, and architects contributing to the magazine. But give us some concrete examples of what, so, you know, what is romantic geography when it hits the page? What are some of the stories that people can expect to see? Okay, let me think of it then. Um, for the last issue on shelters, there is always a theme, so it's 70% of the magazine. We had um, articles on Shigeru Ban, the Japanese architect building shelters in Africa. So a real concrete uh, example of what architect can do outside of the work of architects, per se. Uh, we and, and, and so let, let's talk about him for a little bit because yeah. he had this really interesting project where yeah. so he was building paper houses. Well, he, he's been working in Japan, you know, after the earthquake. Uh, he makes these shelters that are really amazing. They are made of uh, tubes, like cardboard tubes, meaning that they're easy to transport. They're light, that anyone can make them. So in Africa, he's been doing a lot. So mothers with carrying child on their back can still build a shelter. And they look good and they're pretty nice. Uh, especially if you see images of the one like in Fukushima, like when they build inside the, um, the shelters they use for the earthquake. 
you can be inside and outside actually they can be used post and that's it strikes me as like a perfect too much story because as you say the pictures look fantastic it's a really uh, quite romantic and lovely idea this this idea of building a house from paper but it's also real like the, it's actually a, a thing that people can use to help them in their lives yeah that's, I mean, it's really interesting. So the talk, his talk is the most interesting part of the article, where he explains, he thinks about what does it mean to be an architect? Is it like just build houses and buildings that will be featured in magazine or really making some meaningful buildings for the society? Uh, it's probably also worth saying um, where you're based. So you're over in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of your talk yesterday, you mentioned the fact that in Tokyo, because everything is so densely populated, you can't help but think about space. Yeah, yeah you feel it all the time. I mean, just take the train and you see that it's a common space and people are very different uh, from Europe, where I'm from, but I live in Tokyo for a long time. And they're really all good citizens, basically. You know, they know this common space. They know the importance of being forgotten in your space, sharing the space, you know, like they don't really like to to be like, um, to behave badly because they know that we have some some effect on other people, this kind of thing. So you always think about the space, especially also with earthquake. So you're also conscious about the architecture, the importance of it and what it means to, to help each other through spaces, to give space. Uh, and also just the clever and efficient and effective use of space as well. I mean, when there's not much of it, you've got to make the most of it. Yes, so there is many, 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 many houses, you know. People do what they have, like, so some strange spaces, some corners house, like, you deal with it, you find solutions. So, so you're a magazine that is based in Japan, the magazine is in English yeah. and you're saying that means that actually often you're not considered a Japanese magazine, yeah. you're seen as international, but you have a very international uh, lineup of, of people and projects featured in the magazine. Yeah, yeah I say that about 70% of the magazine is based in Japan, so like Tokyo but also other places in Japan, but we also work with, I mean we work from pe with people from all over the world, some travel to Japan and study in Japan even if they're foreigners, or people abroad studying on some subject abroad so that's why I was saying yesterday that Japanese people don't realize we are a Japanese magazine we don't really look Japanese I mean by the look of the magazine and uh, it's in English and the editors it's a uh, it's really in English it's not a translated magazine we don't work from Japanese so thinking about the process of making the magazine you said that you have these themes that you work with each time where do you begin with finding that theme um, well, usually it's one of us that have an idea, very interested, like looking around, like exhibition, uh, listening conferences, talks, and uh, going to some place, reading books. Mm -hmm. Come from there, then it usually turns to a word that is uh, going to be the base of the idea, and then we share. And from there, we we try to find people, architects, artists, designers, uh, researchers, whatever, who are working on this subject. So from there, we find very interesting uh, links. Uh, something we didn't expect so it takes this way and then the theme gets more defined mm -hmm. through the time it's a really organic process it mm -hmm. takes a long time research are a very long a very big part of our magazine making uh, and, and the really exciting part as well yeah. so we, you start with something and maybe you've got an idea of where it's going to go and then your contributors take it somewhere else completely yeah, always always it's somewhere we didn't expect you know so that's why I'm always very excited to make the magazine because I, every day I don't know what we're going to find you know and the people we're going to find and what they know and how we share it it's a very exciting process to make it 
So this is something that I, I often ask magazine makers, particularly when you're working in the way that you are with like a very international uh, set of contributors and a very international audience. Why does this thing need to be in print? Because by putting it into print, you give yourself all sorts of headaches about how you actually get it out in front of people and what's the thing that means that you're not doing this online, for example? Actually, in our case, we never thought about doing it online. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do another magazine before that. For about 10 years, we used to make a magazine called OK Fred, which was mm -hmm. about electronic music and art in Japanese. And that was really exciting. I mean, just going to the printer and having the stuff on paper, it's like... Uh, we cannot compare with the screen. We work on screen, screen our tools, we make the magazine, we make the data on the screen. But then it's the most in exciting part for us. We travel to the printer and we make a dummy. You know, it's like a sculpture. You make something and there is, we love paper. So paper is a way to, to bring our stories all together. That's nice. So, you, so basically you've got this magazine which is in some way about structures. You're, 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 you're writing about things which are built and yeah. using space and you're doing that in a thing which is built and that takes up space. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Physical, it's a physical object we're doing. And I guess there's also then, so some of the uh, presentations we've seen in this conference have touched on uh, projects that are online which are disappearing because you know the like a server is not being maintained anymore or something I guess you also get a sense of permanence with this thing that you've made oh not at all no 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 <laughs> <laughs> we love the temporary of uh, of paper I mean you can burn it you can destroy it you can resell it if you don't want you know it's something I don't um, I mean we were not looking for something that stays forever I like the idea of something that disappear and even paper is like it's natural you know it goes it goes away like uh, well like uh, trees or leaves or whatever um, I mean online is something totally different but uh, I like this feeling of temporary the paper getting old you know and uh, even if you don't like you can still like one image and just like rip one page and that's the process I like personally so that actually I guess that um, has something to do with the rest of your life then so you're aside from making this magazine you're working as an artist yes. is this something that you feel more generally about the the work that you make is that important to you um yeah well, i work with paper on my uh, personal work and yeah it's a real continuation you know i'm very proud of the magazine it's very different from what i do but sometimes my drawings are featured in the magazine too uh and yeah, it's it's kind of late. I mean, I can see it like I can see the parallel between the the projects, so they're very different. Right. So then you've got your uh, art work, which you do for yourself, and then you've got this magazine, which brings you together with a group yeah. of other people to collaborate. So tell us a little bit about that team. So who who are the other people who are working on this magazine? I found out that um, finding a good team you want to work is one of the most difficult yeah, things. Right. So we are a small team. And uh, there is uh, there is Yoshihito Tsujimura, who is the editor in chief. Uh, there is Akinobu Maeda, who is the art director. I was saying yesterday, he also works on other publications, like uh, he's the art director for Popeye, it's a men's fashion magazine. So he has this uh, very funny approach to printed matter, but in our case, it's more classical, just a bit uh, unexpected, but it's rather classical for too much. Um, Yoshi is more the one on the architecture and like the literature research part. 
And then there is uh, Cameron McKean with, uh, from New Zealand that's now back in Australia, but we did uh, all the editing at the beginning. And we have a new newcomer uh, called Grace Lovell from Australia, and she will be the one in charge of a new project called Kogoe, which is going to be a, an insert inside of the magazine, a small, uh, a bit different tone from too much, something more... Uh, Kogoe means... Um, whispers, little voices. So it's going to be about these people we don't hear so much about. You know, the, the idea comes from being the opposite of uh, American news. You can hear about Trump everywhere, everyone is shouting about it. The idea was to bring the voice to give the mic to somewhere else. And then uh, we have translators and photographers, and there is me. But the basic is like uh, these five people. Uh, and the, so my, my favourite thing that you said yesterday, and I liked it so much that I tweeted it, that's the, you know, the, or the acid test, uh, was the, the, the quote, I think, from the art director about um, design cannot make a boring magazine interesting. Yeah, that's a quote from our director, editor-in-chief, from Yoshi. That's from Yoshi. Yeah, and uh, because when we did the, for the presentation, since it's a, it's a team project, I asked all of them, what do you want to say or... So I put it back to put it together out of text, and Yoshi said that, and I said, "Oh, should I say it? Because you know they're here for the design." So, <laughs> but at the same time, it's so true, and people really stuck with them because that's true. You know, yeah, you can make a magazine beautiful, but it doesn't make it interesting. Exactly, and it got a good response on Twitter as well. So that means yeah. it's definitely good. So, but so then, what do you look for in the content? to make sure that you do have that interesting magazine. So then the design doesn't have to yeah. be kind of like, you know, showing off and, and trying to entertain the reader. Oh yeah, we don't do that. Uh, I mean, as a design, I, um, our director, is uh, he doesn't read English, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like for us, like a Chinese character. For him, it's visual. Mm -hmm. So what we do is like we work on the text uh, a long time until we satisfy with it. Mm -hmm. And if we're not satisfied, we not print it. Mm -hmm. We don't, uh, we drop it. You know, even if it takes months to do it and we couldn't find a way to have it like uh, meaningful uh, for the rest of the, the issue, we don't, we don't do it. But, but at the stage when you're commissioning or, or even before that, when you're pulling together your list of stories you're going to have, what are you looking for in there? What, what gives you the best possible chance of it being good? Yeah, to find the person who knows the most about the subject. But what we do is like, uh, we talk a lot from the beginning or what we want, what we expect, or like the way, the tone of too much, you know, and we work with people who know too much. Mm -hmm. we say, if they don't know, we send the magazine and really try to make them understand what is the magazine about. Okay, so um, tell us about the next issue. What, okay. What's going to be in that? What's going to be the theme for that? Yeah. So as I told you, we start with a word and this time the word was sacred. So what it means for sacred places, you know, like uh, what does it mean to to contain the divine, you know, to, to for the ritual places. So I think concretely we're going to have some places in India mm -hmm. and maybe in Scandinavia with um, some rituals mm -hmm. and uh, probably also, of course, Japan, mm -hmm. probably Shinto and this religion tied to spaces. And we're working also on some probably some shaman women in Japan. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So, so that's going to be at some point later this year. Yeah. And then you have a book uh, yes. coming out in the meantime, I think. Yes. Before that, we're working on a book, a project we've been working for a long time on migrant. It was called The Migrant and the Mirage, where we started with a series of interviews of migrant people who migrated to Tokyo and having their stories. We turned this into an exhibition in Tokyo where they lent us an object that they brought with them when they migrated and told us the story about the object. We took photo of 50 of this object and that will be the next book. Amazing. 
so so you so, so you have a, a physical exhibition which is also yeah. manifesting the book yeah and probably we return to the exhibition in a different place so beautiful i love it i, I love the kind of i love just sort of the control of it all that you're doing all of these things and <laughs> you don't seem flustered it's just it's just controlled and calm and yeah, yeah. calm control i don't know how much control it is <laughs> but i'm calm excellent well thank you again for coming over and telling us all about it uh, thanks to you Okay, that's all for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Audrey for flying halfway around the world to join us in Germany and for taking the time to talk me through the work that they're doing at Too Much. We've got more conversations coming up from the Edge conference, so if you want to make sure you hear those, search for Stack Magazines wherever you get your podcasts and follow us so we can deliver the next one as soon as it's ready. I think next week's episode is actually going to be a bit different to the normal format. Uh, it will still be about magazines, but we're going to focus on the mainstream as well as the independents. And we're going to take a more historical perspective looking back over the last 60 to 70 years to get a sense of how magazines have changed in that time. I just recorded that conversation this morning and it was really interesting and I'm really looking forward to getting that one edited and ready. So thank you very much for listening to this one and watch out for our next episode coming next week.